Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Platitude Era podcast slash YouTube video. Today, we will be talking about Mission Impossible Fallout. Before we start our review and spoiler talk about this movie, we suggest that if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it first and then come back and check out our review slash spoiler talk. So, what did you think about the movie Mission Impossible? I'm going to say it was probably one of the better ones. I think for for the most for most people they would probably agree Ghost Protocol is the best one. And I'd say this one is probably a close second. Now it's been a while since I've revisited some of the other ones, but this one I would say pro- like so this one got high reviews on Rotten Tomatoes and I was kind of skeptical at first cuz after watching the trailers it kind of looked like oh it was trying to be dark and edgy and gritty and it didn't look like it was going to be that much fun fun but after watching this i can easily say that this was this movie was a ton of fun and a lot of action a compelling enough story and probably up there with among my favorite mission impossible movies i really loved the story as well it had a lot of suspense action and comedy i don't say this often about movies but i felt that this was a well-crafted story just the detail and everything that made up the whole movie the story was well thought out well scripted I'd say the the story is pretty good. It's not like a mind blowing story, but what what the what happens in the movie, it, like it it has a few twists or like it kind of like a little like uh, turn on its head of uh, different conventions for the story. Like it kind of keeps you guessing at different points in the movie. Like like you know every, like the the crew is gonna survive and they're gonna accomplish their mission and this that and the other thing, but. But what a good story does is it kind of it kind of throws some suspense. It could, like the the team will have some setbacks, but then they'll kind of like they'll uh, they'll be they'll be able to succeed in their mission, but like in ways you're not expecting, and that kind of keep that kind of grabs your attention and keeps you interested in the story instead of being like a boring conventional movie as probably some other action movies. What did you think of the acting? Uh, seemed fine. Uh, I mean, everyone everyone played their parts. You know, uh, Simon Pegg was pretty funny. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise is charismatic enough. Henry Cavill, uh, I think. I don't know if I want to say he stole the show, but I mean, he kind of he kind of brought a lot more to the table than you'd expect. I mean, we haven't seen him in that many movies, just playing Superman in the few Zack Snyder movies. But but yeah, he was a compelling enough character. And Man from Uncle. Uh, who? Superman played man from uncle. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just just I think this is probably one of the best the best roles he's had. I'm going to say ever because I I don't know. N- nothing about him has grabbed me before. Is well, what a what a good actor. What what a great character he's played. But in this movie, he plays a very interesting character and makes it worthwhile. I guess one of the better better characters in the uh, Mission Impossible franchise. Now, this is funny because I've heard other podcasters and people talk about this, that Henry Cavill is actually a good actor. He just needs to be working with the right director to bring out his talent. And now I, I believe it. I feel that everybody in this movie, uh, I know we've said this in a previous review where everyone was just reading off the script or just doing their thing, you know, just pretty much sleepwalking through their roles. But I felt like in this one every actor in the movie put a really good effort into the movie and when the actors care about the movie that they're working on the project then it makes the audience care about it too and i feel maybe that's why the movie has such a good score on rotten tomatoes why it was the number one movie 
on um, the box office over the weekend and why everyone says that it's really good just because it was a good story, well acted, well directed as well. What do you think about the directing? Uh, uh, I think there was a lot of like good cinematography. A lot of the, the shots looked interesting and like the, the camera movement fl- flowed very well. Uh, it does, it's not a boring, I mean, this shouldn't be a boring movie, but like what, what a lot of this movie does well is it shoots the action very well because a lot of, a lot of this movie is action. That's, that's kind of the selling point for these movies is these gigantic action set pieces that like kind of keeps the audience on the edge of their seats. And this is probably some of like the most, the most interesting, most well choreographed action I've seen in one of these movies. I think nothing's ever going to top the Burj Khalifa scene from Ghost Protocol, but this movie has a ton of excellent action that just it kind of it kind of knocked my socks off. It kind what Skyscraper failed to do in its boring CG action, this movie goes far and away with just by having Tom Cruise actually do it, having everything being practical, have like it's this all of the set pieces in this movie have elevated have elevated the the playing field for every single action movie that to come before it like i feel like i can't really watch any other action movie unless you have gigantic set pieces like this movie has and it kind of blows everything out of the water i'm glad you brought up the part about how the action was well shot the action in this movie was so well shot i completely forgot that there was something called shaky cam and close-ups like that was made popular in the Born Identity movies and duplicated in several other action movies. Just completely wiped out from my memory. Mm-hmm. Now, I have some notes about this movie. So now we're going to get into very, very deep spoiler talk. We're going to spoil the whole movie from you, for you. <laughs> and uh, before we get into the notes, uh, what's your rating for this movie? I'll say I give it an 8.5 out of out of 10. I'd say it's, it's really good. I think I liked it better than been a uh, rogue nation but not as much as ghost protocol so if i were to like rank all the mission impossible movies i'd probably have it just under ghost protocol but like a very close second my rating for this is don't miss it uh take the time make the effort to watch this movie this is one movie you do not want to miss probably even worth watching on imax maybe we need to go back and revisit on on imax and then make another podcast about it? Nah, not really. But I mean, like, if you're gonna if you're gonna watch one movie in IMAX, I mean, this might be this might make it worthwhile. And you beat me to it. I was gonna ask you if this was an IMAX movie. Probably, yeah. Probably not D box, but yeah. Go. I th- I think it's <laughs> worth checking out an IMAX just because there's so many like, like, visually like large imagery. I don't know how to the best describe it, but just like just the way the there, there's like scene shot on like the helicopter sequence i bet would look fantastic in imax the the halo jumps sequence would probably look awesome in imax just a lot of just huge moving set pieces that are probably better improved by being in an immersive imax theater i agree with you now some of the notes that we have about this movie uh first off this movie had do you call it uh, a plot twist the double cross triple cross because it goes back and forth and you mm-hmm. really don't know what's going on i guess it goes hand in hand with spy movies is like a plot twist like the twist or the double cross or what have you where like this movie does that but like like i guess if you thought about it it would have made sense because like oh they're teasing this one character and like you don't know who this character is and it seems like this character is a big deal so it wouldn't it would stand to reason that spoiler Henry Cavill winds up being the bad guy in this movie, just because why not? 
it's like a it's an interesting story like because they kind of tease it in the beginning where he's talking to angela bassett it's like how many times can you uh how many times can you uh be pushed around by like your agency until until an agent's had enough so he's he was kind of throwing that like when he you know they were trying to set up as ethan hunt as the bad guy but you can only do that so many times before you know the heads of the agencies cut catch wise that he's not the bad guy so it was an interesting uh it was interesting plot wise just to have henry cavill start off as the good guy who you don't know quite initially what his intentions are you just see him as like an observer and then have him wind up being that he was the traitor the whole time i think um there was a bit of a back and forth backlash between paramount and warner brothers because warner brothers needed to do some reshoots mm-hmm. with justice league and they needed superman to come back and Paramount said, okay, he can go back and do his reshoots, but he's got to keep the mustache. But Superman doesn't have a mustache. We didn't shoot him with a mustache in the movie. Don't care. Figure it out. And that was kind of the spoiler. Oh, Superman is coming back and he's going to be in the Justice League. Hmm. And then somehow, I don't know where, but it was spoiled for me that Henry Cavill was the bad guy. And I know it wasn't in the trailers. I know it was nowhere else. And I just remember watching this movie and I'm like, I know I heard somewhere that Henry Cavill is going to be the bad guy. Well, I mean, the trailers have it show you that Henry Cavill is like is against like Ethan Hunt, uh, Tom Cruise and his team. But it doesn't it's not like it's not necessarily that like he's the villain of the movie. It's just like here's another entity like he's an agent for the CIA and the CIA doesn't like how the IMF is playing it. So uh, it seems like they're trying to reel it. They're they're trying to reel in uh, Ethan Hunt, not not like oh, this is the villain, he's out to get the nukes because the trailers just set out the bad guy from Rogue Nation is back in this one, which seems kind of boring, which kind of turned me off in the trailer. It's like, oh, the guy from the last one and he wants nukes or whatever? Oh, he wants to blow up the world again? Oh. But then you have Henry Cavill's character come in and start off as the good guy trying to, trying to like he's working with Ethan Hunt and that's interesting. But then, you know, towards the end, you haven't realized that he's he's pretty much the same villain from, from Rogue Nation, but, you know, a slightly very different variation of it. And here's another example of how good Henry Cavill is as an actor. Even though walking in, I heard somewhere that he was a bad guy. His acting was so good. I said, no, I guess I heard wrong. He must be a good guy. Yeah, you, you're kind of on his side. Like, he doesn't seem like the bad guy. He's just kind of apprehensive about Tom Cruise. Because, like, the running theme in all of these movies is Tom Cruise, like, f- like... He doesn't really play by the book. He kind of does his own thing, but he winds up winning in the end. But like all of all the heads of all the agencies are iffy about that, just because he's kind of he's kind of a a questionable a questionable resource to rely upon. But like every time he he always comes out on top. He's always the good guy. He's like incorruptible, and it seems I don't know. It seems iffy. So then putting like always they're just through his methods. Just his character is always getting away just by the hair like the skin of his teeth and. And uh, the other agencies are having to to react to that because, like, Alec Baldwin didn't like that. And in Rogue Nation, Jeremy Renner didn't like that. And in Ghost Protocol, Henry Cavill doesn't like that in this movie. So, like, the running theme is, oh, there's always somebody trying to reel in Tom Cruise's character in all these movies. And co- Tom Cruise ends up, like, surprising them and and continues to be, like, the the pillar of, of truth and justice or the paragon in all of these movies. One of the things I found interesting in this movie was the movie starts off, the first scene in the movie, it's Tom Cruise, it's his wife, and it's the main bad guy. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, this was maybe some kind of trauma or PTSD that he was having from 
all those missions that he's had to accomplish that it's taken its toll on him. But it was a nice way how it was a blend of that with, oh, expect this to happen at the end of the movie. Yeah, well, I mean, that that this is too successful a franchise. That can never happen, so don't be a fool. But, uh, like, I noticed, like, so they have Michelle Monaghan as, as Tom Cruise's wife in these movies, and they keep, like, having her, like, kind of in the distance in this movie and they bring her in more and more and what it seems like with in these movies is that so like so they've always had her in these movies but she's kind of just there she doesn't she doesn't really offer anything for the character of ethan hunt so they kind of what they do in movies is like oh they're gonna bring someone's character in a lot more than they did before because their character is gonna have more meaning so it seems like oh they gave her a bunch of things to do so then tom cruise ethan hunt's character can move on from her because in this movie she's married so like okay we'll give her her character some finality a bit of a conclusion so we can move her on and then have some other romantic lead be tom cruise's counterpart in the future movies whatever michelle monaghan you're free you don't have to do this anymore Idris Elba, you, we know you don't want to be in these movies anymore. You can die in <laughs> Infinity War. Michelle Monaghan, we, we know you're not really a part of these movies anymore. We'll give you something, and then you can move on. You're free. I feel bad for having to say this, but in the opening scene, uh, Tom Cruise has a nightmare that a nuke goes off. Tom Cruise turns into dust. I was thinking Avengers Infinity War. I see you're still mad at me because I snapped my finger at the movie theater trying to mimic Thanos. Yeah, it was annoying. <laughs> Come on, I, I got the reference. Uh, it wasn't really a ref. I mean, you you noticed the connection to it, and I'm trying to eat my popcorn, and you're bugging <laughs> the shit out of me. Leave me alone. Um, another thing that I thought about in this movie was that Tom Cruise got hurt a lot. Um. Well, literally, one scene. literally, he got hurt while making the movie, as well as his character got hurt a couple times. Not as good a fighter as he's been in the earlier films. Does this look like they're trying to do some kind of transition where he's going to start retiring or take I mean, on a limited role? Well, that's what they attempted to do with Ghost Protocol when they brought in Jeremy Renner. They're like, okay, we'll fa- we'll slowly phase out Tom Cruise and then we'll bring in Jeremy Renner, like just like what they tried to do with The Bourne Legacy, and that apparently didn't work because then Matt Damon came back. But same with this movie, I, it's like I think they're kind of playing with the fact that Tom Cruise is old because there was a few like moments where like, oh, he can't he can't quite jump the ledge. Oh, he can't quite fight this guy, but he still he still manages to do it. But they they do play with that that like oh he's getting pretty old and he might not be in this anymore but the problem with this movie is it made too much money so he's going to keep doing this until probably these movies stop making money or until Tom Cruise is kind of like his body is kind of just exhausted from all of these action set pieces he keeps working on so he can only do this for so much longer but I don't don't know we'll see what happens also I felt that this movie had references to all the previous Mission Impossible movies. At the end of the movie Tom Cruise is climbing a mountain and that reminded me of the beginning of Mission Impossible 2, the John mm-hmm. Woo directed film. Yeah, and then he ran a lot which reminded me of every other Mission Impossible <laughs> movie and then he rode a mi- mo- motorcycle just like in every other Mission Impossible movie and then he wore sunglasses like in Mission Impossible 2 but they weren't Oakleys, but yeah. <laughs> And I really like the throwback. This seemed like it was um, one of those, a take on an old spy movie as well as a TV show, but just 
up, updated for today's times. What I really liked was when he received this mysterious package, he opens it up and it's the cassette player, just like in the TV show. Yeah, this because I, I feel like, like I guess some people had a problem with Rogue Nation. Is its story, it was kind of meh. This one f- like feels more, more, uh, I guess a return to form to more classic spy thrillers. I guess the I don't know the story's more interesting, and even though it's kind of the same story as from the last one, but yeah, it's it's more interesting and it it does more interesting things with how it, how the story plays out. And the last thing is, uh, after we were done watching the movie, my mom said, I guess because he's the producer and the star of this movie, he has a lot of work to do, and that's why we don't see him too much out in public as far as uh, tabloid magazines, tabloid TV shows. Do you think that he's heavily involved in this movie, takes up a lot of time, that that's why we don't hear too much about him going to award shows or other places where celebrities hang out? Well, I think the running through line with Tom Cruise is that he's kind of nuts. So he's not, he's not a conventional actor. He, he, like the positive and negative about him is that he works really hard on his craft. I mean, I don't think you're ever going to see him in like another, like a few good men anymore, but like he seems to be really focused and dedicated to all these action movies. And like, I guess the harder he works, like with the with the filmmakers on an on a movie, the better it turns out. I I think the sequel to Edge of Tomorrow is coming soon, and that'll depending on you know how many years he, he wants to learn how to fly like a fucking off spray AC one thirty. <laughs> then like sure, I bet it'll be a fantastic movie because he's so devoted to his the craft that he's he's developed for himself. But but we'll I mean we'll see. I, I just I think I think he knows what movie he he wants to make, and he seems to be working with the filmmakers to do that, and he's and it's kind of showing it's it's kind of shows him as as an actor that can't really be replaced to bring it back to your previous point that like like oh are they gonna phase him out well not really because he i mean top gun 2 is coming out like he he seems to be devoted to doing these kinds of movies and kind of like pushing himself to the to his limits to see what he's capable of doing and he and he continues to raise the bar for himself and my mom also asked why isn't he an avenger and she says avenger kind of as a way to say Marvel movie instead of saying Marvel she says Avengers do you think we'll ever see Tom Cruise in a Marvel movie well I mean so the Fox Disney deals pretty much at this point done I don't, I don't see any hiccups coming along the way maybe there'll be something but nothing nothing's gonna nothing's gonna stop it at this point so I I had a theory it's possible but I don't know if Tom Cruise wants to do this I think he's fine he's fine doing his own thing but like so they could reboot the X-Men and I don't I don't know where Tom Cruise could fit there but like they're probably going to reboot the Fantastic 4 and I I could see a possibility of him playing Reed Richards or something just like a like an old like a more older actor could be playing the role of the older scientist like a Reed Richards so I could see that being a possibility but at this point I I don't think he really needs to be in Marvel Marvel movies he he might want to I don't know if, how how deeply he wants to pursue that but I could see it as a possibility I I agree with you, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Marvel has lots and lots of characters that they could turn into a movie, not only as far as the Marvel brand, but as well as the other studios that control their characters, like you said, 20th Century, Fox, Sony, and any other studios that maybe in the 80s and 90s were able to get a hold of some of the characters. 
And I feel that you're right. Tom Cruise is having a lot of fun right now with the Mission Impossible movies as well as Top Gun and maybe another Jack Reacher. But I think um, since so many other celebrities are having fun in the Avengers and a Marvel, I think Tom Cruise will. We will see him in a Marvel movie. I mean, we did see Robert Redford, Michael Douglas, and who would have thought or guessed that we'd ever see actors like those in a Marvel movie? Yeah, the... Marvel Studios attracts huge talent. So it's not too far a stretch, uh, pun intended, when I say he could be like in the Fantastic Four. Get it, he's short. Uh, but uh, I mean, even if he doesn't play that, I'm pretty sure like they could just like Kevin Feige can just scrounge up some obscure character and they can turn it into like a multi-billion dollar franchise. It's not it's not too far out of out of reach for, for Marvel Studios to do that. So ultimately, it's just up to whether or not Tom Cruise wants to be a part of that that dynamic or whether he wants to continue to do his own thing thank you very much everybody for listening to our podcast on the anchor app or watching us on youtube thank you very much and do you have anything to say no i'm good